At Farmers Insurance, we know that a bundle of joy can sound like many different things. But to us, a bundle of joy sounds a little more like this. Because we know when you bundle your home and auto insurance with Farmers, you could save an average of 20%. Really? My bundle of joy just makes a lot of drool. Ah, the joys of parenthood. Visit Farmers.com or call 1-800-FARMERS to get a quote today. We are Farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Reported 2018 nationwide average savings underwritten by Farmers Truck Fire Insurance Exchanges and Affiliates. Products not available in every state. on the rocks i am Mav. i'm emily and i'm mandy and we're happy to have you here we uh this is episode 13 glee on the rocks we are covering episode 15 the power of madonna also known as four fucking minutes for myself <laughs> um so this premiered on april 20th 2010 and was watched by just shy of like 13 million people uh it also uh, won an Emmy for Outstanding Sound Mixing, so the, yay. But uh, Jane Lynch did also win a Primetime Emmy Award um, based on her performance in this episode. So well done, Jane Lynch. Good for her. So, good for her. Uh, this is the, a tribute episode to the artist Madonna. After Sue uses her love and inspiration for Madonna, she begins to train and ask her Cheerios to emulate, to emulate her. Mr. Schuster is concerned that the girls in the Glee Club are being disrespected and bullied by the guys. Looking at Madonna and her musical message of equality as inspiration, he challenged the entire team to choose Madonna songs as their assignment in the hopes that the girls embrace her strength, independence, and confidence, and that the guys will see the error of their misogynistic ways. The Glee Club takes the assignment to heart as they perform some of Madonna's greatest hits. This is the first tribute episode, and it was also written and directed by Ryan Murphy. Ladies, thoughts, opinions? Uh, That's why we're here. Thoughts um, and opinions, yes. Thoughts. This is an entire episode about teenagers having sex, and it's just a little weird, is my initial... Well, I, I guess teenagers and Emma, but yeah. I had just forgotten that it that is- was really the basis the entire episode. I had just... I, I guess I had put it in my memory bank as an episode more about Madonna and less about, like, these 15, 16-year-old kids boning in strangely empty houses. Yeah, it is the- strange to consider, like, their ages and how very nonchalantly the show is, like, portraying it. I, I yeah. feel like they were, they were going for, like, the realistic teenagers have sex thing, which... Yeah, teenagers have sex, but also, like, mixing it in along with Shu and Emma and, like, framing them the exact same way feels a little weird. Yeah, especially in, like, A Virgin where they're dressed the same. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, we not be thinking about this right now? I feel like, okay, why, considering they're, like, 15, it, it is kind of creepy. It's weird. Um, what really bothers me is the way, like you guys say, uh, the comparison with Emma so many of the parallels that they do with how she dresses and like a bunch of the the uh teens are looking to lose their virginity and emma so it's really like paralleling emma like alongside teenagers not necessarily 
emotionally, you know, what she's going through. I don't, I, in multiple ways, which just makes you look at Shu and go, this is creepy. Yeah. This is really creepy. No, 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 no. Yeah. Should we also have the like disclaimer that virginity is a construct and is not a real thing and is made to make women inferior to men and to put power in men's hands over women's bodies that you can somehow change a body by doing something to it. We just saw like a standard disclaimer over the podcast about that. Is that cool? Yeah. yeah FYI, virginity <laughs> is a social contract. Like FYI, virginity is a social contract or social construct. It's not a real thing. And this episode does not talk about that in any way, shape or form and makes it sound like it's something that you can lose, give, throw away, regret, like it's a whole thing and that's wrong. And, like, this is not a sex ed podcast, and that's not really, like, our areas of expertise, other than that, like, we're three cisgendered females and read a book. Yes. Yeah. So I mean, anyway. like, honestly, Glee would have been the perfect show just by, like, the, by what Glee tried to portray itself as would have been the perfect show to tell teenagers that. Yes, that is very true. Yeah, 100%. And, and it didn't. Yes. No, they just kind of fell back onto the the you know boring and very common theme. It's a big deal, and this is something only that we do play. it with the right person. Right. Yeah. Uh huh. It doesn't mean anything unless you do it with the right person. And uh, was it Rachel's line something like that's not what it's like for a girl? Like ah. Yeah. You could definitely tell that a bunch of men sat in a room once again and wrote this episode just by just by those lines and the mirror, just the facts presented in this episode about the way all girls feel X, Y, and Z and all things are like this. Like, no, they're not. It would have been so nice to have had like one adult in the room, like maybe Terry, which is weird, or one of the other Glee Club members like Mercedes or Tina or someone to stand up, especially in Tina's like feminist rant. Uh, to Artie of just including a line about virginity as a social construct and just to put it out on the table. If they wanted to leave like Rachel's thoughts on it intact because they felt like that was like characteristic of Rachel, then Santana would have been a great character to be like, hey, I have lots of sex. Yeah. uh It's fun. Like, yeah. Barring the whole like future lesbian thing. Um, (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. Still, she could have been a nice sex-positive character to be yes. like a counterpoint to Rachel's it has to mean something. Yeah, I have to be in love. It has to be the right person. It has to be the right time. And that's something that she carries all the way into, um, well, season three, the first, which is yeah. even titled The First Time. Yeah. And like, it's something that, like, I know <laughs> we're getting way ahead of ourselves, but like Bert's speech is fantastic. Yes. But yeah. there are other viewpoints. And like, no, like no disrespect ever to Bert's speech. It's a great message. It's delivered well. It is important, but also there are other perspectives on sex, and nobody really. Well, when you Santana see- sometimes offers them up, but in a blasé kind of way that is just kind of brushed aside and isn't talked about like it, like it matters. Yeah, I mean Santana's played for a laugh when she talks about having sex a lot. Like, oh, yeah. promiscuous teenager, ha ha. Yep. Mm-hmm. When instead, it's more of a woman, well, you know, she's not yeah. not yet a woman yet, but, you know, a young lady who is more comfortable with herself for whatever reasons than her peers are, and that's okay. Yeah, it's it's a, um, when you only show one one side of the, when, one opinion or one side of the conversation, then that means that's the opinion you have. And yeah. so Glee 
showing showcasing Rachel's opinion, but like not really delving into anybody else's, then that means that's that's the opinion Glee has. So yeah, it and makes it look like Rachel's opinion is the one they're saying is the right opinion. Yeah, especially because exactly. Finn really, uh, you know, he's not in a scene with her, but Finn really follows the same credo. Like he's doing the same thing that Rachel is, and you know that's fine for them as two people, but it doesn't speak for the entirety of humanity or teenagers or even the Glee Club. And clearly, yeah, clearly not for for the entire Glee Club. Yeah, which I mean, yeah. I just also want to take this moment to say, Emma, you really shouldn't have sex with you. No. <laughs> for a second, I thought you said my name. I was like, excuse me. I mean, you I probably shouldn't have sex with Shu either. I wouldn't. Emily, never. also, please don't have sex with Shu. Nobody. Um, I mean, awkwardly enough, we're closer in age now. Oh. If you really think about it. Time is a <laughs> creepy, creepy fucker. Um, but no, I, anything, obviously I'm very, very biased, as, as we all know, but like, the way she talks with Emma, dealing with, like, her leaving... It just feels yeah. so condescending. It's so condescending. I'm like, I don't really care. You made out with Shelby. Yeah. Like yeah. last episode. Because you and we're talking about the like you're moving too fast and now you're gonna have sex. Yeah. My God. Yeah, Shu mm. yeah, being patronizing to women in his like pretense of trying to help them is definitely a theme of the episode. Yeah, like the theme is uh, supposed to be let's treat women better, but the message is really Let's talk down on women and talk about them as if they're not there at all. Or just invite yourself into their conversations. <laughs> right, yeah. yeah Even though they're teenage girls talking about having sex. Yeah. Somebody should have been like, excuse us, this is a private conversation. Get the fuck out of here. This entire episode just feels like mansplain of feminism. And- it did. That was a note. Yeah. I wrote down mansplaining yeah. her. I wrote down that he's mansplaining her feelings to her. He mm-hmm. and she being Sue and Emma, or um, Shu and Emma, of like Shu is telling Emma, who's the person having those feelings, what her feelings are. Like, could you be more of an asshole? No, he could. Well, yeah. actually, yeah, he could. he could. I'm sure he could. Yeah, I'm sure it'll be only a matter of time. And like, ah, ah. At one point, someone whose message I can't remember who said it. I say that as if I didn't literally just watch this episode about an hour ago, and I did. <laughs> but <laughs> like, the there's a line somewhere from someone of the like the reason not to have sex is if it's not true to yourself. That's legit. And then right away, Rachel's like, I didn't feel, or was it Rachel or Finn or both or not whoever saying, I didn't feel anything because it didn't mean anything. Oh, it's Finn after saying yeah. that. And like, you can't, mm-hmm. you can't have both. Like, they're not. It's it's not about yeah. So back to the the patriarchal structures of uh, feeling really what you're supposed to feel about a particular thing. Like Finn, did you have a good time? Does it matter? Like stop being a dick to Rachel, and maybe you guys will eventually hook up. Which I mean, just further, you know, wanting to point out this episode, I think is, is sort of a uh, I, I would say foreshadowing, but like I don't really it's a thing we do. So we just sort of get glimpses of how Finn's character, um, especially when it comes to Rachel's relationships, is is very problematic. I mean, when they're not about him. Yeah. Really, like, he's angry and confronting her over, you know, dating Jesse. Mm-hmm. He 
you know, he actually confronted her, but, you know, in other, he's confronting, you know, people she's actually dating and, and assaulting them because, yeah, he's not he, dating him. I, I feel like all the men in the show, like, briefly turn into, like, that the Birds Rights Activist tweet. The, <laughs> I am comfortable when we are not about me. Yes. <laughs> yeah. They really are. I was going to say something about the Pavarotti web uh, Twitter, but I just didn't want to get into it. Yeah. Just wasn't going to go there. But yes, that's very much. <laughs> We're not talking about me, you guys. Can we bring this back to me, said all of the male Glee Club members always. Yeah. Even, and I hate to say it, even Artie in this episode. Oh, yeah. This was our mm. first. Man, Artie's a dick to women. Yeah. Yeah. Damn, bro. Here's I mean, the thing, though. You never see them in a relationship, which happens to a lot of the characters on the show. And happens on TV yeah. everywhere. But you don't actually see Tina and Artie, like, on a date or having a discussion about something other than the Glee Club or sitting watching a movie or reading a book or studying or going to class or doing anything that yeah. would suggest that they spend more than five minutes together and suddenly we're given this whole, Artie tells me how to dress when we go on a date. Artie tells me how to talk. Artie tells me what to do with my hair. Artie tells me not to be a goth. Like, where did this all come from? Like, I believe it. He's a guy, so fuck him. Yeah. But, like, where did it come from? I mean, yeah, Glee was not developing side characters. They were just, like, pulling them out, you know, when they needed a prop for the A plot. Yeah. We need another example of a dick bad guy. Like, we, they're all. So that's you this week, Artie. Yeah. And then I, <laughs> I like that, um... Mike Chang and uh, Rutherford got grouped into the we've all been treating the women badly as if they have a line or a subplot or anything to do in any episode ever. I kind of wanted them to be in the background like, us? We don't even go here. We don't. Um, yeah, I do, I do also think it's interesting. Um, Ari tells me not, you know, how to dress, not to be a goth. Doesn't Tina change her entire aesthetic in season two? She will, yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. So I mean, I'm just like to point out, Apparently it took, Tina. Apparently you listened. Yeah. I don't know that's a good thing. <laughs> Is she still dating Artie at that point, though? I forget. I don't remember. Probably yeah, not. Because I forget when she moves on to Mike. Mike Chang. Other Asian. Tina Cohen Chang. Watching the Like the Virgin song was uncomfortable. Oh, it's the worst. I mean, so much uncomfortableness. I just very, very uncomfortable watching it. Also, that song is not about a virgin. Which is not a real thing anyway. But the song is not about having sex for the first time. It's about feeling like you are because of this new person. Not, not that that's important. I get why they used it. But I just, it was so awkward. True. I just, it's hard to separate. It, it's hard to look at them and not be like, you're playing teenagers. I don't want to see this. Knowing that they're all in their 20s. Yeah. By season three... I'm 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 cool with you know seeing the maturing of relationships um, with these characters, but like season one just feels very awkward because yeah, because yeah, yeah they're twenties, but they're not playing twenties. They're not playing. They're not 20s. even playing. Oh, yeah, they're not, not playing eighteen. Yeah. Well, they're so. sophomores, so they've got to be around sixteen. I always thought they were fifteen, but I guess it depends on your birthday. Probably. I was a 15 year old sophomore, but I have a late birthday. <sighs> so, creepy, creepy sex slide aside. Um, uh huh. Why? Which, oh, again, it's Sue telling a teenager kind of to go have sex with another teenager, right? Yeah. She tells them yeah. that if, if you break this up, if you get him to like, like, 
she's kind of directing yeah. one kid to go have sex with another kid to I mean, stay on a yeah. sport team. I mean, this and is in general, uh-huh. like, not the best couple of episodes for Sue being a, like, sympathetic character. Because she, the, the episode does start out, again, referencing the, the whole date rate situation. I know. I was I actually had not remembered that they brought it up again. They like, really were not they... ashamed of that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they were like, oh, it's fine. Like, oh, you you had to mention, okay, cool. We weren't just going to forget that you did this. Couldn't just cool. move on? Yeah. Bullshit bags. Anyway, you were moving us on to a new topic. The, the um Quinn's sudden uh, embrace of, of the fem- feminist manifesto that she will forget later. <laughs> right, that she'll immediately that forget. That they will all immediately forget. Because, you know, feminism is in, in fighting misogyny is like a, a topic, through like a different topic for each episode. So it doesn't really, it doesn't really stay. Yeah, but, that was her after school special moment. But it frustrates me because I feel like that would be like... It works for her character. It works for what happened in her past, having some stuff change her perspective. And mm-hmm. honestly, having her push, you know, kind of go that route, being like a, a super, you know, feminist. One, we don't have that on the show. That'd be very nice to have that voice. But, you know, you can see it with with what we know of her later and later seasons, I'm like, no, no, that 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 totally makes sense for her characterization. I like the idea of the traditional blonde cheerleader becoming the uh, the voice for for you know for women and and starting to be and be that person. Too bad you guys can't stick with it, but um, for yeah. the moment, I'm enjoying. It. I would like, I would like, I wish it stayed. It definitely makes sense for her because she is the one who has the biggest consequence of action right now i mean absolutely it's not like nobody nobody else has suffered or or had a consequence like she has and that she is pregnant in high school her family has disowned her she there's a lot that has happened to her and a lot and it's all based around sex relationships not understanding being sex a woman. Or, or being a woman like this this is not going to happen to any of those guys in the glee club so yeah it, no. it, and yeah for her to change her perspective to grow as a human as she is growing a human it, it makes sense and it's i yes i wish it had just stuck and that she just gets more and more uh of her own power and she just doesn't really she doesn't and that's that's I, that is something sad. I think that they they just they did not whether they tried and they just weren't able to like get you know like fully grasp it or they just didn't even try. Mm-hmm. Not entirely sure, but yeah, it it, it saddens me because that that I think would have been a great direction to see Quinn go. But uh, yeah. we'll enjoy it in, in the brief moments that we get it. <laughs> this one Quinn. shining moment. Exactly. Exactly. So then. Uh, I have to say, the there were so many for for previous episodes having so few songs that I actually I like the song. I really like the song. This one had 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 a lot of good songs. Um, some of them I really didn't like. Um, some of them I really liked. But there were songs. I don't know that all of them fit the story, like progressed to the storyline. Right. But they yeah. were there, and they are, they somehow they did work. I don't know that they always, you know, like, I, I adore four minutes, but I don't think it moved the storyline any. 
No, it, I don't know that it needed to because it's amazing, but like it didn't. No, but you know they could have used so they could have done that exact scene, right? Like the re- like Kurt and Mercedes leaving or not leaving, but also joining the Cheerios because they want to feel important and they want to feel listened to and heard and seen. And then they could have used a song that had a message of that that wasn't four minutes. Um, I mean, apparently I don't... Donna gave them their ent- her entire you know catalog uh, to pull songs. Yeah, so I'm trying to think had... of a song that well, I wonder like, maybe how... celebration. Yeah, I wonder how hmm. much of it is like finding the balance between what vocally like showed off Chris and mm. um, Amber. And what they were capable of versus the message. Because I definitely got the feeling that song was picked more for, like, the sound and less for the meaning. Probably. Yeah, yeah. Which, speaking of, can we can we talk about how, how good of a song it was? Because um, I really enjoy that song. Because it is the first time I looked at Chris Golfer in season one and went, wow, I don't feel bad for, for finding <laughs> him, like, a track later. I'm okay with it right now because... He looked and sounded really good in this song. Now, later in the episode, I, I again started to feel bad again because he looks 12 again. But yeah, like in the a song, lot of it has I, to do if they swoop his hair down over his forehead or not. Yeah, it's, it's that, amazing how, how much of a difference that makes. Yeah, because as soon as the hair is like down and floppy over his face, you're like, ah, you're 12. And then if they just kind of push that but shit back and, and ruffle it up they, a bit. As soon as they do a CW floof like in a swoop... Yeah, yeah. yeah. As soon as you get the CW hair, then you look a little more grown. Yeah, yeah. Um, also, Kit, why, why did did Mercedes and Kurt just not stay on the Cheerios? I know like, it's another one. Of, so I know. You have to gutter. I mean, the yeah. Same reason Kurt didn't stay on the football team. It was only a plot they needed for one episode, and then it was forgotten entirely. Which is like a shame because there's a whole world of things that you could do. Because it's not like the Cheerios never have another performance. They take up airtime all the time, right? So you, they would have still had to, you, they still would have had these great big fun performances. And then down the line, you get to build up tension of we're getting closer to regionals, right? We're getting closer to regionals and we're getting close to like a national cheerleading championship, whatever the fuck it is they do, and which they can only go to one or they don't have enough time to practice for both. And one, they're both. Uh, failing on both sides because they're being stretched in too many directions and they also have school and they have finals and midterms and uh, everything's coming down and you get to have some really great season-long tension and arc and building and then it just doesn't fucking matter because it's Glee. But I mean, and it's not even like they don't have Glee characters that are also in the Cheerios. Yeah, half of the Cheerios are Glee members. So it's like clearly you, you, you could just add Kurt in Mercedes <laughs> and, and just be like, cool. We're right. not gonna show the glee I mean, not gonna show all of the, the Cheerio practices, but maybe like once or twice every couple episodes, just like a flash of something. Literally you could have just fucking done that. And it's and fine just for like Finn them. and Puck and the rest of them to be on the football team and the Glee Club at the same time, but not the Cheerios. I know. It makes me sad. Yeah. And and I appreciate every single fic writer who just keeps Kurt on the cheery spot. <laughs> Thank you guys. Yeah. You are my real heroes. Yep. Uh continuing down the the song. Uh Vogue. Vogue, Vogue. I liked Vogue, but I that was one I actually remembered a lot more. Yeah. I think because it gets used and you see it more and it it's not 
iconic is such a dumb word, but it's so stylized and specific that it just stands out. And I think it's great. It's very stylized, but it also, I don't like it. Well, don't like it in the show. I like it like in a stylistic sense, Mm. but like, it just feels very weird for Sue. Oh, that she would be a part of it. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. She'd be a part of it that she'd like, that she would have any sort of like, um, what wasn't it that she really wanted to like, she coveted like, um, uh, uh, the fact that you would covet anything of Shu and then his hair and you make fun of his hair all the time, mm-hmm. whether that's from a, from a source of, of, because that's what you want. I don't know. It just, it felt very weird to me and I just, it still does. And it just feels disconcerting. And I, I just, I'm like, ah, yeah, it is a question of like, why would Sue ever let Kurt and Mercedes film a music video with her? Like, why would she, is her love for Madonna enough to overcome her hatred of them? And like, but I, at the same time, I love the Sue-Kurt pairing, not like a relationship, mm-hmm. pairing, but just like a, a character pairing, a, a Jen character pairing. When they're in scenes together, they work really well together, Chris and... um Jane Lynch seemed to have a pretty good on-screen chemistry that the back and forth, the zingers, the wit, the little snark, and then later on some mutual admiration. Like it's something that I would have liked a lot more of. Um, yes. In the show, had it gone in that direction. Another reason why Kurt should have stayed on the Cheerios. Uh, yeah. Sue and Kurt have a interacting is always a lot of fun their chemistry is, is quite quite good and i enjoy yeah the back yeah. and forth that well, that being said they are, they uh, are the emmy winners exactly. oh no golden globe sorry chris has a golden globe right he does have a, yeah yeah Not well, an emmy. They, they are but i think yeah i think he just has a golden uh golden globe winning principal for yeah i think it's a golden globe. <laughs> i like i like how, how you said that uh <laughs> i think it is a golden no globe. No, no reference as to where that came from. Anyway, Definitely a nominee. Um, but yes, I got you. Okay. and it, But yes, I get your point. Um, or my point. That being said, um, I don't know that I would trust Kurt and Mercedes to also be in charge of a makeover. I don't know if I'd be trusting, trusting teenagers to be in charge of a makeover for me as an adult. Oh, no. Mm-mm. Like, let alone filming the music video, but also, like, in charge of the makeover. I'm just like, yeah. that's... yeah. It brings up more adults making questionable decisions regarding teenagers. Yeah, there's just, you know, just trying to, like, think ahead. Does Sue, trying to, I think I'm crossing some of my character arcs with, like, Shannon, Beast. Mm-hmm. But does Sue, does Sue have some episodes where she feels, uh, you know, her lack of femininity? Or is that only Beast? I think trying- she does too, doesn't she? I feel like she does. I feel like, especially with that newscaster Rod or yeah, whatever the fuck his name is, the, the uh-huh. weird, the weird romance storyline they tried. Yeah, to her. like there's something. Uh, there are some hints in her character that maybe somewhere in her psyche she feels like her jumpsuit or her tracksuit and her shorter haircut is like a mask and armor and whatever. And that I just I can't remember if that comes up or if I'm remembering thick <laughs> or wherever the hell that comes from but there is you know there's fodder there for uh, an older woman even though she says she's 29 working as a gym coach in a high school surrounded by teenagers trying to feel like somebody else for once 
because her mm -hmm. character is visually represented by the same thing every time we see her, right? Like the Glee, the Glee kids wear the same or different outfits every fucking scene. Like you never see them repeating clothes. And yeah. even Schuster seems to have an unending supply of different ties and vests. And Sue wears her red tracksuit for a good chunk of the series. And if it's not red, it's another color. And the only one I would say Cheerios, they, they do not wear, um, different outfits for obvious but they they are little like mini representations of her like they're the her little mm -hmm. you know she's like the mothership they're her little baby ships so they represent her but i guess no, i agree i guess the only thing i'm trying to say is like there could have been an interesting story although it is a storyline that like puts uh like a tag and a price on femininity and masculinity as two different things and not that it's like a wide spectrum of clothing and hairstyles and all that kind of like gender specific things that I really fucking hate <laughs> of like, well, if only she would wear a dress and long hair, she'd be different. Like, yeah, she would be, but that is not who she is. But the point being in this ramble, I haven't even been drinking today. That um, there could have been something kind of interesting with this makeover. And why was she suddenly interested in their help when she seems to hate them and was it her moment to feel like somebody else for a change because of whatever circumstances in her life that brought her to that moment and I'm gonna stop now I mean like I get the point you're making though and I think it falls under the long list of things I wish Glee had done because they would have been more interesting than what Glee chose to do yeah yeah it's more of it's a wouldn't that have been interesting if yeah mm-hmm also, I do like, worry that it would not have been realized the way that you're saying it, yeah, but no. yes. Well, yeah, of course not, because Glee, but yes. I also feel like since they made Sue loving Madonna such a point of this episode, um, it, it actually would have been interesting if, like, uh, Sue had expressed some opinions on... <laughs> Madonna. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, like, if, if Sue had not... Not expressed opinions on teenager sex life, but if somehow they had tied her as like a more fully developed three-dimensional person into the episode. I'd yes. like to do be the one to say uh, virginity is a social construct and I do not, I do not adhere to social constructs. Yeah. I mean, something like that. Like, I feel like Sue would have said that she had her virginity removed. <laughs> yeah. 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 She had it, she had it removed in like, Eastern Berlin during the fall of communism. Uh, Sue Sylvester, surprise Hedwig. <laughs> uh, I would watch that. I actually would too. Yeah. Not yeah. Jane Lynch as Hedwig, but Sue Sylvester. Yeah, Sue Sylvester, as yeah. As Sue yeah. Sylvester as Hedwig. Uh huh. It's Absolutely. Like, oh my it's God. Like speaking every audience. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and she Insults. was like. She would like Anybody. car wash shoe just because. Just for reasons. <laughs> just to do it. Oh man. Oh right. my god. <sighs> well, um characters I can see. Interesting. <laughs> we get uh Jesse at McKinley now. Jesse St. James has Yes, and has arrived. My, my biggest that I wrote, which is can no one date somebody at another school? Do we all have to fucking transfer? Also, Ryan Murphy, do you know how hard schools? Yeah. Like, do it on a whim. You think she just fill out some paperwork and suddenly you get to go to a new school? If it's a public school, that shit is hard because you got to like live in the district, man. Well, but if it it's did a say that. School, you've got, like, a lot of money. Yeah, they did say that Jesse moved in with his uncle, 
to be able to transfer, which is the only vaguely realistic part, but it's also like the middle of the year. I feel like that's Uh a sign that this is still season one, because by the time Blaine transferred, it was just like, fuck it, he's here now. I know, he's like, oh, he he just He was at a school an hour and a half away, now he's here. Yeah. Where does he even live? Does he not commute like three hours? That's that's a Blaine question for later. We can't get into that because I'll never stop. But yeah, like... Mm -hmm. He just shows up, and I get that it's a ploy to continue to fuck with Rachel. But yes, like there is, there you, is more to it. Yeah, when you're like, it's just maybe okay. This is just projecting because it would have been a better story for Kurt and Blaine if Blaine hadn't transferred to McKinley when he did, because that like ruined so much of the delicious fun that it could have been. Yeah. So I'm, I'm kind of feeling the same with uh, Jesse and Rachel, even though I know it's not a real relationship. Like I know. That he's doing this to fuck with her and yet my brain is still like oh but it's a better story if he's at a rival school and and a rival glee club and they don't get to see each other that much but they make time ta- no it, there, there, a, a thousand percent there is some uh what i want here uh, I'm, I'm putting i'm placing some thoughts and feelings i have about blaine's transfer on jesse's transfer <laughs> yeah basically and I, I do know uh, that so part yeah. of me is like, okay, this is a different situation because Jesse's doing a different thing. He's not transferring because he wants to be with Rachel, literally. Mm-hmm. Um, he's doing it for other reasons. But yeah, it still just frustrates me and angers mm-hmm. me and makes me so... You don't have to be at the same school. You literally can do can can date and be like in other schools. Also, yeah. you guys aren't as far away as Dalton and... <laughs> and- Kinley's so light. Mm-hmm. Like you could have made this work. I don't understand. So yeah, I I keep overthinking this, and it upset me in ways I really didn't need to be upset. <laughs> I am it angry like, this about this. Yeah, like I I'm like you're missing you're missing the important points of this episode and focusing on like a ridiculous point. So, yeah, but sorry. it's <sighs> it's not ridiculous when it feeds into the whole Glee problem, right? Of doing easiest way. simultaneously the easiest and the hardest ways to get to everything so you know they they realized with blaine and kurt that they had a great relationship for the screen and instead of taking the time to see them date at different schools and have to spend that time apart and how often you get to see each other and different schedules they just (laughs) he goes to the school and now all of that beautiful dramatic tension and possible sub-stories and subplots and C-plots and Z-plots are just gone. So it it's the quickest way to a, so like a thing, but it's also the least interesting way to a thing. And they do it with so many of the characters and so many of the plot lines. Like, fucking Rachel not getting into Niata is super interesting because she's such a type A that to fail at this thing is really meaningful, and yet she still fucking gets in. And it because they have to keep all their characters in the same space. They can't, they really seem like, especially with this Jesse thing, like they can't have their main characters in different spaces. It's like they don't trust themselves to be able to to write that. And I, I get it, because they can't, but... Yeah, I was say to be fair, I don't either, so... I, mean, I know, I but like, mm-hmm. that's where the good story is, and they just don't give themselves the chance to do it. And it makes me sad. Part of me also thinks that they they do actually now in later seasons I can understand um, to some degree of 
we don't have the time to develop Blaine at Dalton with characters there because we've developed characters, however good or bad we haven't, um, you know, here at, here at McKinley. And I don't want that show. I only want Blaine. Exactly. So I, I, like in, in why maybe in season three, we were like, we don't have the time to devote to spending a quarter of our, of our, of our filming at a different location with a whole new set of characters when we've already got a fairly large ensemble cast. But you know, it actually wouldn't have taken that much because they made, they made, um, uh, sets for in, like in between sets, like um, scandals or the lima bean, where you've got a place that people can meet that's off outside of well, McKinley. Yeah, I, I I can buy that argument a little bit more for season three when you when they have developed some of the McKinley characters a bit more and wanting to be like cool, we want to be able to put more emphasis on that. I I still ultimately agree with you, so I'm like this isn't me saying no, I I disagree. How but, like, dare season- you? <laughs> Because we never disagree on anything. Oh, I'm gonna eat some pineapple that. pizza in your honor. <laughs> Thanks. Oh. I haven't forgotten about it. Yeah, you're playing dirty. Actually, I'm not because I had funnel cake today, and I really shouldn't add cheese on top of that. So I'm gonna be digesting <laughs> this for a week. Uh, the fun of of as they of getting old, but also just various other food related issues. No, oh, I know it's oh. terrible. They had ice but, cream, uh, and I just yeah. cried a little bit. That's more than people need to know. It's fine. In season one, like they're barely, obviously they're barely um, giving any backstory in most of the extra ensemble. Like where, where, where are Tina and Artie going on their date? As as you guys, you know, as we've been talking about, like we don't know what happens. What happens to Mike as you know he goes to you know be the third rate uh, mutant? I haven't forgot that either. Um, <laughs> on his, you know. When he's not singing and dancing like we don't get to fucking see it yeah. so like we have nothing on in most of these ensemble characters you could have built um more with jesse at a different school i get oh, that yeah. that's not the storyline they were going for but like you you have the time and space here yeah. i get more of the argument you may not have in season three i disagree with that argument but i do understand that one a bit more um there's no yeah. sense in my opinion I mean, I I get that they want to put Finn and Jesse in the same room and have it all blow up and be dramatic and literally whatever. they can have a Sharks versus Jets showdown, vocal adrenaline, yeah, you know, against New Direction outside somewhere. And why the fuck we didn't get that with Finn versus Jesse? I don't fucking know because that would have been funny. Yeah, like a a pitch perfect sing off. <laughs> yeah, pitch perfect sing off. I, I I'm seeing like. Literally, uh, when you're a new direction, you're in a new direction all the way. <laughs> when you're a new direction. That would have been... I mean, th- th- that, that, that name's... Yeah, it doesn't but, really yeah. fit the rhyme scheme or the, the rhythm pattern, but it's fine. I'll take it. Yeah, exactly. So, I clearly, clearly, you know, editing music is easy. And I'm totally <laughs> within my future. I mean, the Glee Club does it on a snap. What was it, uh, yeah. Rachel? busted into express yourself as if everyone had practiced that for six years and yet when they needed a new set at like sectionals or whatever i know they had to go to the old songs as if they couldn't just learn something immediately as they've shown them do over and over and over i know 
I don't know. It's like clearly you guys have a a quite a bit of uh, quite a bit of uh, of uh, God damn words. Express yourself. Kind of ability of of learning, you know, snap choreography just like on the yeah. fly. But no. Speaking of sharks and the jack, snap choreography. Ah, so, ah. Uh, visual pun. <laughs> it is, this is why they don't let me outside. Uh, Oddly enough, that's the song that has stuck in my head. Is express yourself. <laughs> It, it does have uh, a hook to it, so I can not blame you. I liked it. I mean, if we were, you know, going back to just actually talking about the songs, I, I kind of liked it. It was fun. Uh, the choreography was fun. It was nice just to see the girls dancing together. Uh, uh-huh. I mentioned, like, pre-show that I love that, for once, Mercedes is wearing the same thing as everybody else. She is uh-huh. also in a bustier. It's not like they're all naked and she's covered up the way Buster Windows is. So yeah. thank you for putting her in a shiny, cheap looking bustier like everybody else. Um, I like that. I mean, you, you have a lot of people that are singing in this episode that you don't normally see singing. Kurt and Mercedes both have like, they have four minutes and then they have, don't they, they have like a solo or something in, in the song at the end. Yeah, in um, um, like a prayer, they have Chris using his um, kind of the full extent of his range for once because he doesn't really hit those notes yeah. again, and it sounds so nice. Yes, so basically, he you, he goes from like the lower register in four minutes to like the higher register in yeah. like a prayer. So you, as a as a Chris and Kurt fan, I was very happy this this episode. Also, with him being excited and, and clapping very happily after mm-hmm. Express Yourself. Okay. The only yeah. guy who did. Um, Sue sings. Emma sings to some degree. I mean like kind of. So we we do have a we do have like a, a more of a variety, which I thought was was really nice after getting a lot of a lot of Rachel. Mm-hmm. A lot yeah. of Rachel. Oh yeah. It, it, yes, it was nice to get a, a change there. And apparently Tina was supposed to have a song but um, I guess it didn't end up happening. I was, I, earlier I was looking at, I was reading the trivia. I guess Ryan said Tina was supposed to have a mashup of Justify My Love and Erotica. But it didn't huh. make the final cut, which makes me sad because that would have been an interesting mashup. Like, yeah. Okay. I would have, I would have enjoyed hearing, hearing it, uh, sing that. And um, this is the first episode, episode where Santana sang. Yeah, Which, my babe. Super surprising, but like, goddamn, here for Santana singing. I didn't realize she does in the not. first episode. Yeah, she definitely doesn't get enough to do early on. Yeah, and obviously the first time Sue sings, but I don't think that's surprising for for yeah. that because I don't she doesn't no. really. But um, it is surprising. It's the first time to get have you know Santana kind of having that singled out, mm-hmm. and it needs to, needs to have happened more because she's clearly amazing. Yep. She is. Uh, another another fun note. Uh, Chris Colfer said that this was the uh, episode. This episode was the cast's favorite to. Um, I don't know if his favorite to film or just favorite in general, but I guess it was also the hardest to work on. There's no. There are there are no context for like what part of it was the hardest or what part they liked about it. But there you go. It was I wonder if it was choreography. Yeah, yeah. There was a lot of choreography. It's true. And I bet sure that had a lot to do. hard to film because it actually took, it looks like a music video. Mm-hmm. Okay, so looking at this, 
Um, I'm I'm looking at Glee Wikia, by the way. Shout out to them because we continue to use them a lot. Keep um, doing what you're so, doing, y'all. So not including background songs. Mm -hmm. uh, this had this had eight songs. Wow. Um, <laughs> previously, Hello had six. Yeah. And then before that, we had four. You know, it's a lot of songs, and you know they. I'm sure we had three. I would love to know what the real process of recording these songs were for the cast, because obviously they're not, they don't have to write the arrangements. They're not doing a lot of the background vocals. There's a lot they're not involved in, but I wonder, uh -huh. I wonder what the real process, because again, if Glee had ever done some real behind the scenes shit and actually showed like a day in the life of Glee, it would have been really cool, but they didn't because they suck. But you know, seeing what the what it took to record these songs, and then do they have do they have an hour to get it to get their part right? Because obviously the sound mixers loop everything together, and it's not like they're standing in a room singing together. But mm -hmm. do they do they have to get their part down in half an hour? Did they have three hours? Did they have all day? Like, do they just have to go in, lay down a track, and run to the next setup, or did they have enough time? Is that is doing eight songs a lot harder because they didn't have the time to to learn it? Like, tell me, give me the real gossip, y'all. But yeah, apparently, the I mean, this every every other episode there was only a couple that had six songs, so this was by and large the the largest number, the most songs they had, and they had like four other they had other background songs, but they obviously weren't mm -hmm. like sung there was the the ray of light which cheers were dancing to um there's a couple other songs that were playing in the episode but they weren't like songs that they had to do a lot of choreography to but yeah considering what they might have had to do to get all of these songs to get the choreography um mm -hmm. chris let's see chris was in like then four minutes vogue like a prayer uh, and what it feels like for a girl. Uh, some of the girls would have been in uh, Express Yourself. Um, Express Yourself. Might have been in Like a Virgin, Like a Prayer. So many of them were in multiple songs. So yeah, yeah it makes sense. That that could be why it was, it was as difficult to film. Um, and interestingly, I feel like this is what, this felt more like a later Glee episode with like all of the music. Mm -hmm. At least, for, whereas in where many of the previous episodes felt like, oh, there wasn't a lot of music in this one. This felt yeah. normal. Yeah, this felt like what we're used to for later seasons. Is that like yeah, too a, bad. is that a nice thing or not? Because I feel like they definitely start sacrificing like yeah. clarity of story just to cram songs in. Yeah, I mean, it get, it really depends on the episode, right? Like some. The, definitely that they sacrifice the story for the songs and because I think we talked about it in one of the earlier episodes of needing to sell the records to make money and the you know mm -hmm. that they're making so much money off their songs that they start recording more songs and then they have less time for plot and all that so it, while it feels like an episode that we're more used to because there are however many more seasons that are packed with songs then yes what we're used to is less story yeah and is that good or bad? It's probably not good. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna go on the side of it's not good. Yeah. I will say, um, 
where we were at the beginning and then where we were at the end was essentially cool. Um, the only difference is Jesse is at McKinley now. Mm-hmm. Oh, Jesse's at McKinley and Finn had sex with yes. Santana. Yes, that is, that's the extent. And you know what? Yeah. Finn and Santana did not have the safe sex talk. We have to wait all the way to season three for that. Yeah. So yeah. Wh- why isn't Santana knocked up? Do they have a condom? Did she have a, like, is she on birth control? We don't know. She doesn't need birth control. We don't control know, but birth. I I would go on. I, well, yeah, true. I mean, I'm going to assume she's on birth control because she is more sexually active than the other ones. And I am hoping that she's smart about it. We don't know. They didn't have the talk. No, they didn't have the talk. They just and had a song. They, they didn't sing about their condoms, and I feel like that was a missed opportunity. And more to the point, um, I'm pretty sure she and Jesse did it, as uh, Jesse literally says to her, and this is one of my favorite lines, come out so we can talk about talk or sing about it. And it's just more yeah. proof to me that I'm like, Rachel, Jesse is really who you should have been, been with the entire time. I know, I know right now in season one we're going for, like, there, there's another plot going on here with Jesse, but like, guys, no, like, you mm-hmm. could have kept this going m- longer, and there's like way more here that you could have dealt with, and it would have been really interesting. Mm-hmm. You know, could have had it all. Uh, I won't go there. We went there last week. We did. And we'll continue to go there, goddammit, because the show continues to let us down, and we're not going to let it forget about it. You're not let it. Murphy, we're going to keep telling you what you did wrong because you mm-hmm. care with your seven shows on network TV right now. You give a shit to what the three of us have to say about your syndicated Fox show. Absolutely. I don't even know if it's syndicated. Do they run Glee reruns anywhere? I don't know. I don't think it I don't is. Think it's yeah. syndicated. Well, then you're not getting even your syndication royalties. So fuck you, you $250 million Netflix bastard. Oh, yeah, that's to hire me. By the way, Ryan Murphy, if you would like to have like guiding <laughs> perspective on things. Sure, yeah, I'll be. The phone lines are open. Like we we can't be. Bought. We have a price. Yeah, yeah. I don't even need the full two hundred and fifty million. It's fine. Take a percent of that. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just 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 reach out. Just just reach out. Uh, you know, hit us up on Tumblr. I'm sure you've seen it. Uh, <laughs> iTunes, Podbean, if you're mm-hmm. into those other podcasts. I'm sure you have a lot of time to listen to podcasts with your 12 TV shows at once that you only pay attention to. You're at the same time. I was going to say, it's not like he's busy writing them. <laughs> no, he's not. Who uh, fucking shit? Anyway, if you could write some more episodes of um, the 911 show, that would be great because I like it. You just killed it. Sorry. Sorry, hey, Jennifer. New season. Jennifer. Isn't it Jennifer Love? Jennifer Love something or other? That, that's oh, that's just join it. Well, she's going to join it. Yeah, because, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yes. So I, I felt bad for her. I wanted her to, I, I was excited that she got another show. So yeah. I feel bad that it's now going to, you know, die in a tire fire. Yeah, she's Sorry. joining because mm-hmm. Connie Brighton Britain is um, leaving. Mm, gotcha. Look, I like medical shows, so sue me. I, I I cannot watch them, so it's somebody needs to. That and murder mysteries. Those I don't mind. I'm sorry, I'm now imagining the uh, doctor show, and it's just, oh. it's in my head, it is just Cooper Anderson <laughs> pointing 
at various nurses. <laughs> Nurse, hand me that. Just very dramatic. I need five CCs. Man in a box. Dead. Dead. Actually, random thought. I would love to have had an episode, or hate. I'd probably end up hating it because it's Glee. But where some of them go to an escape room and have to escape. <laughs> like it would be a bottle episode, you know, where they're, or an elevator episode where they're just all in an escape room for 22 minutes. I mean, that's that we're doing a bottle episode. Yeah, a bottle episode of them uh, escaping escape room. I'll bet. Lock the door. That's it. It's, you know, you're going to have two characters who've been fighting or in the midst of a breakup and now they're stuck in a room together and then, you know. Okay, so ultimately, if we, they did that, what would end up getting, like, Finn and Rachel in the middle of an off. But let's pretend, like, the sky's the limit. What's the, what, what are the, what are the four people you would want to see in an escape room? Two of them would have to be, like, innocent bystanders who just, like, roped into this. Maybe that doesn't have to be, but, like, who are the well, four you would want to see in that? Is it only four people who can go into an escape room? I think you can have any number of people. Oh, okay. Never actually been in one. I just picked four randomly. Um, I'm gonna. More than that, I'd like to I'm gonna say that Artie is not in the escape room because I bet they're not ADA compliant. Uh, that makes sense. Um, I'm gonna say I. I mean, I want more. I want most of them in the escape room. What what season? I want them what all. season are we thinking? Any. Well, I want, take, I like, want Blaine in the escape room. Okay. I don't want Puck in the escape room because I don't want him locked in a room with other people. Yeah. He could be in the escape room. I want, I want Santana and Brittany in it because Brittany would have no idea what's going on and Santana would just be there with the quips. Brittany would have like oh, no uh, idea what's going on. Brittany would be really good at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She yeah. would like accidentally solve it. She'd be like, oh yeah, no, it's like the yeah. answer's right there. Uh, I don't think Kurt would go into an escape room. Like, I just don't think he'd do it. I think Blaine would go, but I think Kurt would be like, fuck all of you, I'm not going in there. It smells. Um, I don't think Mercedes would go in because she knows that no one would listen to her. Like, she would also have opinions on how to get out of it, and people would just be like, we're not listening. Obviously, Mm -hmm. Rachel would go in because she would refuse to be left behind. Correct. Quinn probably would not give a shit. Tina would probably go, and Mike Chang would dance his way out with his uh, third-rate mutant powers. That's how they would get out. And she was also not allowed in a small room with people. So, Rachel... I've forgotten who uh, I said, so I hope someone was listening. Yeah, Blaine. I mean, I think it would turn out that Sue secretly designs the escape rooms in her free time. Yes. <laughs> so, like, that's how she'd come into it. She's just, like, sitting outside watching, like, them on the camera. She would own it. Yes. Yes. yes I love it. She... I mean, she did do the elevator with the little robot guy. Yeah. That was okay. just okay. a projected idea from an escape room. Yeah. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Sue owns it. Shu does not know this and decides, guys, this is a team building event. And right. Sue, being a mastermind that she is, separates. Shu ends up Shu and Puck and... Maybe some a random person. I don't know because we don't care. And um, Kurt and Mercedes like get like, and maybe a few other people get this like really easy one where there's like a key on the table, and they right. just, like, and then like everybody else gets stuck in like this this one where it's very difficult to get out of, and and Kurt and Mercedes have left and gone to like a day spa because he'd been watching waiting for Blaine to get out, and he's just like it's not. Yeah, he's like this. Long. Let's go get a coffee. We're just <laughs> writing the fanfic now. Yeah. 
Meanwhile, Sue and Puck, uh, Shoe and Puck's, you know, room does not have an exit. Like, there is no way to solve the puzzle. <laughs> or air. Yeah. Puck isn't trying. Shoe is going insane because he can't figure it out. It doesn't make sense because it doesn't. Mm-hmm. And since Sue built it, the actual key is that he has to, like, use the pomade in his hair to somehow grease open a lock, and he never thinks of it. I know. No, but you've got to admit it's it's a damn good story. Yeah, I'm in. Let's do it. Let's do it. Or conversely, somebody else do it. Somebody yeah, actually, if someone yeah. else could write this, that would be great. We've set it up. Us, link it in our inbox or email us at <laughs> Glee on the Rocks Podcast at gmail.com. Yeah. So, uh, anybody have a favorite favorite song this episode? I'm, I'm gonna be cliche and say four minutes. Mm. Mm-hmm. I liked Like Not a Prayer. Cool. I'm I'm all about Like a Prayer. Interesting. I tend to like the songs at the end of the episode. I'm basic. Um, I can understand that. Mandy, do you have a particular pre- reason for preference for four minutes? I, I asked. <laughs> I mean, obviously, I'm just very into the Cheerios choreography. I mean, that's what I thought. Yeah. Um, no, I, I like that Chris got a chance to show off a little bit. And in a way that was not either like played for melodramatic emotion or laughs because mm-hmm. most yeah. of his like most of his songs are either oh serious serious scene or you know he's kind of not being made fun of but you know his role in the episode's not mm-hmm. always serious so i, I like yeah. that he legitimately just had a song that he and amber you know got to kill him you know with choreography with all the extras yep yeah it was a big fun Bonus. scene and it looked great <laughs> Math, he's taken. Um, I, I'm very well aware of that, and that's fine. <laughs> I've got nothing he would appreciate, so that's, yes. that's okay. <laughs> just, well, I guess that's, that's the secondary part. There's also those, but you know, whatever. Um, look, I can appreciate a good hair swoop, okay? Yeah. <laughs> And, and a red polyester jumpsuit. That's uh, a little um, too far. I'm sorry. Gone <laughs> a little too far. All right. Well, did uh, you may have like a particular line that stands out? Actually, I, I like the one you mentioned earlier where Jesse's like, "You come out so we'll we can talk about our feelings or sing about them." Yeah, it's so perfect. It, it's okay. it's very it's like Rachel. It is. Um, I liked Sue's little monologue in the beginning where she was like, and if that makes me a bitch, then okay. Like, yeah, I know. Yep. I agree. Because it's a very Rachel thing to say. She just loses that part of herself. Yeah. The, you know, I'm going to do, does. I'm going to do me for me. And then she, uh, she kind of, she loses it because men are writing this episode and men only think about themselves. Gotta make sure we, like, focus on how important their dicks are. Yeah. Gotta make sure the men get involved here. Can't leave them out. I am uncomfortable when not about me. Yes. Exactly. Oh, burb. Oh, burb. Um, okay, so how many, uh, how many Kevins are we, are we ready in this episode? I mean, he, he did have, like, scenes. Yeah. But... Well, this is when you have to come down to how are you rating these Kevins? Because if it's like he was, but did we want what we got of him? Did we want it? I mean, for like quantity, it's like one and a half, maybe for quantity. 
I feel like the Kevin scale is going to need to be like a combination of the two. Cause like quantity and quality. Yeah, we appreciate any quantity, but also we're going to grade quality a little bit better. Yeah. Yeah. So like the the combo quality quantity is maybe like a one, Kevin. Yeah. Because the quality yeah. was pretty shitty, but the quantity was a little better. Like basically points yeah. for some Kevin, but we're not going to give <laughs> you all the credit unless it's like good Kevin. Yeah. Points for showing up to the dance, negative points for spiking the punch. Yeah, exactly. Well fucking said. Cool. Well, we took it. We took it. Uh, is there any any last thoughts or or comments or anything that uh, um, we've not you? talked about in this episode? <laughs> just just fuck you. That Always. is that is the the continued theme. Our or- our podcast has more of a sustaining theme. And then, then the show does because our theme is is fuck you. I, I will say maybe for this episode, I'm gonna amend that to be like Emma, don't fuck you. Yes. But in the grand scheme, sure. fuck you. Yes. Um. Only one very small final thing before we uh sign off is that I I can't remember if this is the first time this happens, but it's the time that um catches my attention the most, and it's in the very beginning. Masu is talking about how much she loves Madonna she breaks the fourth wall by saying even in her voiceover and ah. i just think it's i just think it's interesting that glee is halfway into their first season and they're already poking fun at themselves in a way like they know that there's some ridiculous shit going on and that's one of the things that glee once in a while when they tried could do well like yes. that's kind of funny it is. I thought it was really funny. I was like, it's all right, a, great. Yeah, it's a shame that they didn't really just, like, double down on that kind of, like, absurd humor uh, yep. to, to, like, counteract the message of some of the episodes. Agreed. Agreed. Fabulous. Well, with that, I think we've gone through look at Madonna, a look at everybody else looking at Madonna, <laughs> a look at everybody else looking at Madonna, looking at everybody having teenage sex and uh the rest of us all feel like we should maybe either go take some showers or just uh, either way uh yeah. with that i think we'll say uh that's what you missed on glee At Farmers Insurance, we know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. And we know that it can get a little weird when things just don't work together. That's why Farmers lets you bundle your home and auto insurance together. And doesn't that sound nice? Bundle with Farmers today and you could save an average of 20% too. Talk about music to your ears. Visit Farmers.com or call 1-800-FARMERS to get a quote today. We are Farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Reported 2018 nationwide average savings underwritten by Farmers Truck Fire Insurance Exchanges and Affiliates. Products not available in every state. At Farmers Insurance, we know that a bundle of joy can sound like many different things. But to us, a bundle of joy sounds a little more like this. Because we know when you bundle your home and auto insurance with Farmers, you could save an average of 20%. Really? My bundle of joy just makes a lot of drool. Ah, the joys of parenthood. Visit Farmers.com or call 1-800-FARMERS to get a quote today. We are Farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Reported 2018 nationwide average savings underwritten by Farmers Truck Fire Insurance Exchanges and Affiliates. Products not available in every state.